Welcome, sisters and brothers, to another episode of WDRS Talk, the Wolf's Den Radio Show Talk. And I am your host, Wolf Hemora. Thank you very much for joining me for another episode of uh, this podcast of mine. I really appreciate you listening. If you have been listening to uh, the episode so far, I really appreciate your support. And please, please uh, subscribe to the YouTube page. And also give a follow on the Wolf's Den Radio Show Talk page on Spotify. And you can also check uh, WDRS Talk on Anchor. Anchor is the free um, podcast platform that I'm doing this on. And it's totally free and... Uh, it's really cool if you want to start your own podcast and talk about shit. <laughs> uh, go go to Anchor and they'll hook you up and they'll put your um, uh, your podcast on Spotify and I think also on Apple iTunes and all these other great platforms. So check them out, Anchor FM, the app. All right, so this is going to be episode eight and it's going to be part two of Stories from the Road. And uh, I I um, started uh, stories from the road. Actually, back in the day, literally back in the day of the Wolfgang days in uh, in the mid nineteen nineties, um, I started um, a uh, well Wolfgang had a fan club, but I started a newsletter for the fan club, and I got inspiration from the Black Crows fan club that I joined back in nineteen ninety six. And uh, they sent me a newsletter that came out every three months or, or every two months that, um, you know, just told me everything about the band, pictures, stories, and whatnot. So I did the same thing with Wolfgang. And uh, if you were a, a, a fan club member back in the day, you would have gotten issues of the Wolves Bands Gangs. Wolves Gangs Bands Gangs. The Wolves, the Wolves Bands Gangs. Gangs. <laughs> I'm not sure. I don't even remember. The Wolves Gangs Bands Gangs. There you go. And uh, that was the newsletter as well. And uh, one of the uh, articles in that uh, newsletter was Stories from the Road. I used, I used to write these stories down as articles. And now I'm doing it on the podcast. So here we go. Part two. Of Stories from the Road, WDRS Talk, Episode 8. This story happens back in 1995. And it happens in a town called Naga City in the eastern province of Kamarinesur. And uh, this was, I think, um, I think the first album had come out already. And this was, I think, the first really uh, out-of-town gig that Wolfgang would have. And, um, and uh, if you're not from the Philippines... It's about a 13-hour bus ride during those times. Of course, you could 
uh, ride the plane, but you know uh, that was the first. You know, um, the promoters could not afford to um, let us let the let the band hop on a train. I mean, hop on a plane and go there. So we had to take the bus, and it was us, four of us, and I think we had three roadies. We had there was Dick. I remember we had Glenn. And we had uh, the late, great Dino Barton, rest in peace. They were with us. And so all in all, I think we were four, five, six, seven, eight, eight people. So we take the long bus ride from Manila to Naga City. I think we did an overnight ride, I think, trip, an overnight trip on the bus. It was okay, um, air conditioning at least, um, as comfortable as a bus ride can be, <laughs> and it was very far, this place is so far from Manila, man, by land, and there was just some parts of it that was just, we were just on the road alone, no other cars, cars, and it was just like tall, um, as Filipinos call would call uh, talahib. Just tall grass. And for miles and miles and miles, it was just that. And there was no one around. <laughs> it was so desolate. And so finally, we uh, we get to Naga and we uh, actually see Mayon Volcano. And uh, very cool, man. It's the first time I saw uh, Mayon Volcano, the perfect cone in all of the world. One of the uh, uh, wonders of the world. And so we get there, and um, what I remember is we get to the hotel, and um, I remember the hotel had a lot of sand on the floor. I'm not sure if it was if it was beach sand or sand sand, but it was just sand on the floor, and you you know that feeling you get when you're wearing flip flops or slippers and you're walking on sand on the floor, not on the beach but on the floor. It, it feels weird, right? So that's that's what I remember from the hotel. And then I remember also, because Wolfgang, uh, we all like to eat. You know, if you, if you compared us to Razorback, who were our brother band, who was our brother band back in that those times. Uh, very polar opposites. Razorback, the guys in Razorback, they like to drink. You know, they like the juice. They have fun times with the juice. They like playing uh, while, uh, you know, while drinking, which is fun. But Wolfgang, we like to eat. We like the food. The roadies are just, oh my God, just, we just like to eat. And it we made it a point to wherever we went for an out-of-town show, because in the Philippines, every province is they ha- they have their own signature food and dishes, and we made it a point to have in our you know technical writer and our, and also the band writer, the artist writer, that we would uh, take advantage of the places that we were playing at and eat their local delicacies. So since we were in the Bicol region, we just we had to have. 
Bicol Express and we had to have Laing, which is one of my favorite foods. And, uh, you know, right away it's like, oh, we got to eat the local food, man. And we had it delivered to the hotel rooms. And I remember that Basti was not very adventurous with food at the time. And I, I'm not sure if he still, if he ever is, if, if he ever did become adventurous with, with food, especially local food. But when he, he took one look at the Laing and the Bicol Express and he was just like, what's that? <laughs> and I'm like, I actually got offended. And I'm like, dude, that's, that's Bicol Express. That's Laing. That's like one of the best tasting foods that I've ever tasted, you know? And, you know, it's, 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 it's based with uh, coconut milk and which gives it oh, just a, an awesome flavor. And I don't know, Basti was not having it. You know, he was not open-minded enough during those times to, to even taste it. So I'm like, dude, you got to at least taste it. So if you don't like it, then you don't like it. But he didn't want to. He wanted McDonald's. So, you know, there we go. So he had his quarter pounder with cheese and fries and a Coke. And while everyone else enjoyed the local delicacies. So I don't know if he's more adventurous now with his uh, palate, but uh, hopefully he is. Anyway, moving on. So next up, I'm not sure if we actually played that night. No, I think we played the next night because we got to Naga City at night already it was early evening and yeah and the and and those local dishes were for our dinner so the next day i'm not sure I'm, i don't really remember what we did during the day we probably did a couple of radio um on-air interviews to promote the show and what else do we probably had you know beagle food requested for every meal that's for sure but i don't remember exactly i do remember the, the the show itself so let's move forward let's let's fast forward to the show and we get to the venue and it is the town plaza okay it is i think the peña francia festival which is an annual festival that that is held in that city, I'm not sure. Please correct me if 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 I'm wrong, and I will stand corrected. But I think that the festival was the Peña Francia festival, and we were there Saturday night. So we get there. Okay, right now, while I'm telling you this story, I can actually start to remember going into the plaza as usual. The plaza is filled with people, but. In, in you know they have the stage you know the the big uh, grandstand that local plazas have in the Philippines and that's where we were where we were going to perform and you know as usual in the back you have all the food stalls you know the 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 you know where you can drink and eat and and as you move forward towards the stage you have the audience was there there was a lot of people of course, they were there Saturday night. They were ready to party for their festival, for their fiesta. And um, so we go to the back. We get down there. We go to the back. And then 
I don't know if there were any opening acts at all, but we get there and then it is time for us to play. Our roadies set up um, our equipment or whatever equipment was provided for us. And we get out and um, we start to play and, and everyone's just like, yeah, everyone starts going wild. Um, and then by the, by the second song, people start to climb up on the stage, on the grandstand. It's not actually a stage stage. It's, the, it's actually the grandstand made of concrete. And, you know, they start climbing up on the stage and, you know, they start dancing, you know, doing a dance, you know, trying to be Mr. Big Shot. And, uh, and I remember the, the, the promoter <laughs> started. Okay. So, so not yet. So I'm, I'm getting ahead of myself. So people start going up, they dance for about, you know, a couple of seconds and then they jump down. And then another guy stands up and goes up on the stage and starts dancing and then jumps down into the crowd again when, when security starts to um, to go towards them, you know, to throw them out. And then out of nowhere, everybody, all of these people start going up on the stage. It's either maybe because the people in the back were starting to surge forward Maybe they, maybe they were getting crushed in the front. I don't know. But everybody in the front just started climbing up on the stage. Some of them would dance and then not jump down anymore. So some of our roadies, I remember Dino Barton, who was always our head of security. He started tossing people. <laughs> he started tossing people off the stage. and But more and more people would come up. And they were like, you know, fuck you. This is our town. We do what we want and we want to dance. So people started, you know, more people start going up. And I remember this. And this is while the band is playing. Okay. This is while the band is playing loud, fast rock music. And then I remember in my mind's eye, I'll never forget it. The promoter, he's, he's right in front of Basti on the edge of the stage on the front. He's holding some guy some kid in the front row and I see his fist just go up and cock you know cock and just pull the trigger and just start smashing this kid and oh my I'm like oh my god and mayhem starts to ensue more people go up the stage and finally um, I, I don't know who, who said you know just let them come in just let them come up you know they they're not they're not hurting anybody just let them come up um because they're too many so so uh, behind the drum set there since it's a grandstand there are steps to to a i guess a higher stage you know it, it's it's a it's a grandstand so there are different levels so people start sitting down on those steps on the stage behind the band so right now, <laughs> I'm looking behind me. There's like 50 to 100 people behind me just sitting down, you know, rocking out, listening to the band, but not but on the stage behind the drums. And there was no security whatsoever. There were, I mean, after every song, some kid would, would like tap my shoulder 
And he'd be sitting right there next to me and be like, uh, you know, asking for a drumstick. It's like, pare, paying drumstick, paying drumstick. I'm like, I can't give you, no, man. You can't have a drumstick. These are expensive. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, that's how um, crazy it was. Every, you know, there was, there were people sitting down beside both my, you know, beside me, both, both sides. And we just, uh, just played and played. But by the fifth song, and and you have to remember that people were not stopping. They kept on coming up on the stage. People were just climbing up on the stage. And it, the, it's a good thing that the stage wasn't made of wood or scaffolding or whatever. Um, but it was an actual concrete grandstand. So there was no imminent danger of the stage collapsing from the weight but there was just too many people so by the fifth song we had to stop we had to stop playing the promoters were like you gotta stop because we can't we can't stop the people from coming up on the stage you might get hurt some some asshole might hurt basti or whatever i don't know so they had to stop the show and we were um taken to uh, the which is uh, the back room the stock room of the grandstand <laughs> and it was just tiny stock room where you you know where you put mops and cleaning supplies and whatever you know this was a you know this was a, not a high tech grandstand this was like 1970s or even 1960s or even from the fucking 50s man this was an old grandstand in in you know, in an old province in the Philippines. So um, it wasn't the, the, you know, it wasn't backstage at the, uh, at, the at, at Madison Square Garden. <laughs> you know, it was a small supply room. And we were there, dude. We were there, the four, ba- four guys in the band. And we were just looking at each other. It's like, oh my God, what the fuck is happening out there? And the people are just, they're just partying. They're just there. It's like, well, we're up here on the stage. We'll party. And um, we never went back to play. Um, the roadies were like coming in every now and then. It's like, we're not playing anymore. You guys are done. They, they can't, they can't, um, they can't, uh, they're, they're trying to ask people to get off the stage, but there's no, there's no space. So we're stopping the show. And we're gonna we're gonna pack up <clears throat> we're gonna pack up the cymbals and and the guitars and we're gonna get out of here. Okay, so we do that. Um, I don't remember what happened after the show. Probably went back to the hotel and just you know, it just like wow, what what was that? And uh, but that was that is not the end. There is more to come the next day. So. Fast forward to Sunday, and uh, it was time to go home, go back to Manila with a uh, with a um, riding a bus, you know, a transport bus again. And so I think we leave after lunch. We have our last meal there, a lunchtime, and then we leave probably, I would say, two o'clock in the afternoon. An air conditioned bus back to Manila, another. Uh, you know, another. Oh no, I'm sorry. It wasn't a 13-hour trip to begin with. It was an eight-hour trip. 
from Metro Manila to Naga. So we were expecting another eight-hour trip going back home. Okay. And I think an hour into it, an hour or two into it, the bus breaks down. And we're like, oh, shit. And we're in the middle of nowhere. This is the middle of nowhere. There's no other cars. It's just the bus. So we had to stop, stop, and the driver gets down. And after a while, I'm not sure. I don't remember if it was a flat tire or, or if the engine just died. But I'm leaning towards what uh, that the engine died because there was no way that we were continuing on that same bus. So, so the driver has to call somebody and I don't oh okay yes there were there were cell phones already by that time thank god if there were no cell phones holy shit but anyway there was a cell phone so um so I think he called home base and they sent another bus to pick us up and mind you, we were not the only passengers there. We, were, we, were, we weren't a lot of passengers, but the band and roadies were not the only ones there. There were other people there. And um, so then the next bus arrives, but this time there's no air conditioning. So we're like, fuck. No air con. No goddamn air con. Oh no, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. This is the second bus. There was there was aircon. Sorry about that. Aircon. And then that bus fucking broke down too. So we had two buses that broke down. And the third bus that they got had no air conditioning. And, and <laughs> it was it was by this time it was already nighttime. No more sunlight. The sun had set. And we were all just, fuck it. This just I, We just want to go home. We were all fucking, we were tired. We were just pissed from, you know. And of course, we had a, a weird gig the night before. So this this trip was just getting worse and worse and worse. And we were like, okay, this this bus seems to run well because it was going top speed <laughs> as top speed as a bus can get um, no air conditioning and we were just you know trying the best that we could and that trip that whole trip from Naga with the two buses breaking down we finally reached the end of the not the end of the journey, but the end of the line of the bus, which is Robinson's Galleria in Metro Manila, in, in Ortigas. And <laughs> when we got down, we checked the time, and it was uh, 2 o'clock, 3 o'clock in the morning. So that trip, with the two buses bringing down, it all added up. To 12 hours a 12 hour ordeal and we weren't home yet 
we were still in Galleria. So the guys from the south, who were Basti, who, everybody, <laughs> Basti, Mon, the roadies, they all lived down in, in the so- south of Manila while I lived near Galleria. So I, didn't, I just took a cab and got home really quick. But the rest of the guys, they had to, you know, they had to do another 45-minute to an hour trip from Galleria to to BF Homes and Alabang, you know, Ayala Alabang. And and that was it, you know. It was a 12-hour ordeal on the road. A weird-ass gig the night before. And we got home. And now I'm telling you the story. So that's what happened with Wolfgang back in 1995 in Naga City. Thanks. I'll see you next week, folks.